to Adaptivist Live, the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. This week, another round of updates and new features coming to Adaptivist ScriptRunner product. I'm Ryan Spilkin, and I'm joined today by Matthew Stubblefield and Brenda Burrell. Matthew, Brenda, as always, a real pleasure to see you. Nice to see you as well, Brian. And, you know, I feel like it's deja vu all over again. The last time we got together, we talked about updates, 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 and today... More updates, updates, updates. I mean, to be realistic, Atlassian is shipping major updates typically every 12 weeks to their to, to any of their flagship products. Um, you know, and, and after a major release, it's not surprising that uh, some bug fixes are going to be needed, yeah? Oh, yeah. But when the bug fix goes wrong... When the bug fix goes wrong, Atlassian will actually pull the release. So um, Jira 8.0.1 has actually been removed. Um, Took about eight days, uh, released on the 20th of February, removed on the 28th. And for all of our viewers at home, aren't you glad you listened to your fine uncles and aunts uh, from Adaptivist <laughs> to not upgrade to a point of release or the, the immediate after? Let other people do your beta testing and uh, just uh, make sure it's nice and stable. Give it, give it a few months before you uh, upgrade your production systems. I'm almost going to advocate that people wait for the Enterprise release before they do another one. That's just me. I could be wrong. Probably wrong. It's a, it's a valid approach. Yeah, I mean, if, if, you, if you hate freedom and better performance, that's a thing you could do. If you're like <laughs> Ryan Spilkin. You know, I do. I hate both of those things tremendously. <laughs> and They're the worst. And while we're on the update train, so the Jira 8.0.1 got pulled, but... A lot of the products that we spoke about last week now have a a point release. So if you have, if you were one of those intrepid users out there that upgraded your systems, there's a point release out there just for you. Remember, remember, Brenda, how last podcast we talked about how great all the performance improvements were and how exciting that was. Indeed, I do. It's a little unfortunate. <laughs> That the, the, all the bug fixes we're seeing are mostly about like causing high CPU usage and and search breaking and things like that. So so here at Adaptivist, uh, we are making our plan to go up to Jira eight, Jira Service Desk four, because of those those performance improvements. Um, but uh, we will you know do it on its staging, make sure it's working out. We'll test it out. Recommend that path for everybody listening as well. And before we climb off the update train. There is a new update to Jira Portfolio 2.25 that promises some nice new features. Yes, I, I like these features. Yes. <laughs> these are good features. Um, like I, I, so one of the, the things we're really doing with this podcast, we, we want to read the Atlassian news and tell you about it so you don't have to go read it all yourselves. Um, we don't need to cover every single update in the ecosystem, but the, the Portfolio one, even though it's a, a point release, um, being able to see sprints in your timeline, that's a feature I've wanted for a long time. I typically plan a few sprints ahead. Nice to see that in portfolio. Um, filter for issues with warnings. Uh, sometimes those, those warnings are things I already know about, 
I don't need to see them being able to toggle those off is really nice. So just some, just some minor improvements. Um, but uh, take a look at the release notes that we'll link in the SoundCloud. And a fairly big announcement at the end of this particular article. Um, classic plans will be deprecated completely um, in Portfolio for Jira 3.0. Um, as of Portfolio 3.0, no longer able to access or update classic plans. So if you're still using those, uh, you will want to look into migrating to uh, the new planning experience. Yeah, and notably, Portfolio for Jira 3 uh, is what you have to move to if you're moving to Jira 8. So that's your sort of your upgrade path. If you, if you, again, one of those intrepid people who decided to upgrade to a point of release, you had to upgrade Portfolio, which means you've, you've already lost your, your classic plans. So just for all of you listening to our advice and not upgrading just yet, make sure you've got your Portfolio uh, migration as part of your upgrade plan. Now, if you are a server administrator... Uh, and you're wondering, like you so often might be, what is the latest version that Atlassian's on? Where do I find information about the beta? Well, our chief technology officer, Dan Hardiker, found a really helpful tool, and he passed it our way. We're going to include a link to that in the SoundCloud as well. This crawls the Atlassian ecosystem and gives you, what is it, the releases? The yeah, the latest ver- latest sort of version number that's supported and linked release notes for both the um, supported version and the beta. Uh, so if you're on the bleeding edge, <laughs> be sure to check out this link. We'll share that in the SoundCloud description. And lastly, for our talk about Atlassian updates, we need to head into the clouds where Atlassian has introduced pipes for Bitbucket Cloud. So when this popped up in my feed, I... I was somewhat bemused by it. It was uh, meet Bitbucket Pipes. It's this new exciting thing, uh, announcing Bitbucket Pipes. And I, I just kept thinking to myself, but didn't we have this like two and a half, three years ago? I mean, not to knock it or anything. It's awesome. I'm excited by it. Um, turns However, out as a Doug- you're not wrong. <laughs> we need release Bitbucket Pipelines in 2016. Yeah, it's it's been a bit. I I remember seeing an Atlas camp. Uh, it is very cool. It's funny because even one of their gifts has Bitbucket pipelines in it. But here's what it is: Pipes is my perception, sort of a, a new front end interface for working with pipelines. It introduces a lot of built in tooling and functionality. It makes it faster. Uh, effectively, Pipes makes it faster to build pipelines. So, um, in uh, sort of a classical Atlassian fashion, um, the the it's going to make training and talking about these things difficult. Uh, pipes are used to build pipelines, which, you know, as I said out loud, the, the, vis- the metaphor, right. You know, you, you would need a pipeline Well, you use multiple pipes, right? Uh, so yeah, anyways, um, really nice functionality. Over 30 uh, different ways to automate your continuous uh, integration, continuous deployment pipelines, uh, integration with, uh, AWS and Azure and Slack and cloud and all kinds of things. So um, if you are a Bitbucket pipeline user, um, this is going into cloud, which is where we added pipelines, you know, already. So you're probably already familiar with that. Um, but it's, it's vastly extending your capability. It's going to make it a lot faster, I think, to build pipelines, which is very nice. And it's got a kind of nice um, sort of plug and play interface. And speaking of news, we have some updates from us at Adaptivist around our flagship product, ScriptRunner. And here to share that news is Senior Marketing Manager, Shirag Harendra. Shirag, thanks for joining us today. 
Thanks, Ryan. Uh, really glad to be on this uh, podcast. Well, it is uh, certainly nice to see you and have you on. So, Shirag, ScriptRunner, used all over the world by some of the biggest companies in existence, and more things are coming to it. Tell us about those. Indeed. Uh, so, I have some exciting news for ScriptRunner uh, users. Um, we have some really cool updates coming up uh, to our ScriptRunner for Jira server app. Uh, so the first one I'd like to talk about is um, it's a, what I call a better way to find things in ScriptRunner. So we've introduced something called a browse page. Mm. Uh, this aims to bring together uh, everything you can do in ScriptRunner in one single place. We often hear from our customers that, um, you know, I didn't know ScriptRunner could do this. Uh, or if, I, if we suddenly talk about another feature of ScriptRunner, they're very shocked that uh, that's actually possible. Um, and one of the, one of the um, things we're trying to cover here is that ScriptRunner does a lot of things to a lot of people. And the best way to bring it is in one concise manner. And this browse page helps us to do this. Um, you can search for things dynamically. So as you type, it will show up what you can do. Um, and very soon, I'm hoping after the summit, we should be able to bring a really cool feature where we will be able to integrate um, the scripts from the Adaptivist library into ScriptRunner. So you'll be able to see uh, all the scripts that are in the library inside ScriptRunner. So you can just pull it and start using it. Wow, that sounds really cool. So ScriptRunner is a Swiss Army knife style tool for Jira. And that was, and I, I have heard the same complaint that, wow, it's really hard to know all the things that ScriptRunner can do. So this browse page... When does this roll out? When? How can a uh, an administrator who has just heard what you've described and said that sounds good? How do they get to use it? Well, that's a great question, Ryan. It's available today. Um, so if you have if you have the latest version of ScriptRunner as of uh, I believe mid December um, version, I don't know the version off the top, top of my head, but um, yeah, you should be able to access it uh, right from the ScriptRunner menu. Uh, it's called Browse, and uh, it's currently in beta as we're still sort of seeking feedback on, on and you know improve it. But you should be able to do the things I mentioned earlier. So it, it's available now. The library integration that will be something coming soon in the in the next uh, weeks or months. Very cool, very cool. What else can we look for in the world of ScriptRunner? Another exciting feature that's coming up, and this one's going to really uh, make people happy as well. We have, we're making some changes to the code editor in ScriptRunner. Um, we're bringing three essential things which uh, our customers have been asking for. This is uh, code completions, um, parameter hints, and a Java doc lookup right from the code editor itself. So wow. it's becoming more of a smarter IDE inside Jira. Uh, and this has been something that I know Jamie Ecklin himself uh, is really excited about. So, um, yeah, this will be coming uh, very soon. I would say closer to summit time. We're just doing the final testing for this, um, and yeah, it should be should be ready. So, really excited about this one, and uh, can't wait to hear what people think about this. So, I've seen this be demonstrated live, and it's pretty impressive. While you are typing in Script Runner's code window any code editor in ScriptRunner, it will give you suggestions as to what you should enter next. This is going to make scripting so much easier for and faster. Really cool. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, this has been something Jamie has been trying to do for quite a long time. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he, we finally found uh, a really cool way to make it happen. Uh, there's been a lot of testing done behind it. So uh, really can't wait until it's it's out in, in, the, in the wild. So looking forward to hearing what people think of it. Wonderful. Um, Where can people give you feedback? If you're one of our listeners and you are a script runner user, where can people send you information? So we have a dedicated feedback channel uh, inside ScriptRunner at the moment. On uh, If you go to the browse page, there is a uh, button on there where you can um, submit for feedback. You should be able to, you can put the feedback for anything there. So it's all built into the into the app. Nice. Uh, I have two two more things actually, Ryan. Um, one is a, a feature called user permissions. Uh, now, this actually lets a global admin provide access to um, other admins in their organization. So, what you can do is divide or or separate the aspects of Script Runner that you want your users or your admins to use. So if you want some admins, let's say if you're a global company and you have some global, you have some uh, Jira admins sitting in uh, Europe, um, and you want them to only access certain aspects of ScriptRunner, you can you can do that. You can lock it down. And uh, this feature is available now, huh? So we're really starting to look at distributing ScriptRunner's power across a wider user base. That is that's really cool. Precisely. And yeah. You said two things. That was one. Yeah. What's the second? This one is um, more of a data center exclusive. So oh. if, you are, if you are looking to move to data center or if you currently have data center, uh, uh, Jira or ScriptRunner for Jira, um, you will be able to get access to something called uh, DC node reporting uh, or node reporting. Um, so the crux for this is that in the data center, you have lots of nodes, and sometimes it can be really difficult to see how things are performing. So the node reporting uh, tool will let you see uh, node by node how it, how things are performing, where there are any fluctuations in performance, um, any errors, and it gives you a, a, a great view, a single pane of glass view of, of your uh, DC uh, script runner environment. This should be really useful for, uh, you know, admins who are looking to keep a, uh, a view of how, how things are operating in their uh, Jira instance. And when you move to DC or if you're on DC, there's a lot more uh, at stake. So um, yeah, this should, this should give that opportunity for admins to see in greater detail what's actually happening. That's a tremendous function. Wow. Fantastic. I think these are all really useful and um, needed improvements to ScriptRunner. All right. Now, I know that we're also going to talk about one other thing that is gives me a lot of joy, uh, but I'm going to let you let the cat out of the bag. Go ahead, Shiraz. Tell <laughs> us about it. Thanks, Ryan. So um, we released a app a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's been talked about quite a lot in the past year. We've done sort of roadshows road uh, road about it over the past year all across Europe and, and the U.S., and uh, we've finally been able to release uh, the app out into the wild. Um, it's called Autoblocks for Jira. And essentially, it is a drag-and-drop um, style automation app where you can, uh, based on the Google Blockly framework, so um, this is all things like, have you come across something called Scratch by any chance, Ryan? Oh, yeah. yeah, I have used Scratch. 
Um, so for those who don't know, Scratch is a uh, programming um, a concept based on uh, building blocks. So you drag building blocks into the workspace and you can build automation. Yeah, only certain now, blocks fit together. And so you can't really mess it up. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we've taken that concept and built an automation app uh, around Jira. So you're able to create workflows using building blocks, drag and drop them to the workspace and, you know, create your own automations. Um, so this is really cool. We've seen a lot of uh, interest growing over the past year on it, and uh, we're really excited to see how users are able to make use of this. Over time, I know script runner users, uh, global admins, or uh, people who code, um, we hear sometimes you know that they find it difficult to do one-off things for their users. Um, as an admin, you know sometimes their time is taken up just looking after small requests by their users. Whereas this should empower uh, admins to give access to some of these users to go and create their own automations. Um, this doesn't mean that you have the full power uh, of an admin using, using autoblocks, but as an admin, you can select uh, what kind of power to give to your users so they can go and create the automations that they want to using autoblocks. So we are uh, democratizing automation this way. This is not a tool that is only available to the admins. You can give this that, to your project admins, and they can then build automations that work for them. Is that right? That's correct. Whoa. Absolutely correct. So this could be a potential game changer for the industry. We are really excited again to see how users pick this up because, um, you know, myself as a relatively non-technical Jira user, um, going into Script Runner, I wouldn't really know how to uh, script something from say day one, but if I picked up, when I started using autoblocks, I can just drag and drop things and, you know, start uh, breaking things in my, this is my practice environment, by the way. So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's really cool. All right, Shirag, thank you for giving us the updates on the script runner front from Adaptivist. Uh, we'll look forward to talking again soon, maybe after Summit, huh? Yeah, definitely. And uh, if you're going to Summit, just uh, I'll put a little shameless plug-in actually for uh, a talk that we're giving. Um, so it'll be myself and uh, Krishnanan Nayak from SAP Fuel Glass. Um, we're going to be talking about automation, all things automation, um, and uh, you know what the future holds for us from Adaptivist as well. So really, really looking forward to going to Summit and uh, and seeing how that how that talk goes. So join us. All right. Thanks, Sirag. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. And last but not least, Matthew and Brenda, we want to take a look at Atlassian's blog because I think that the blog redesign is going to point to some things that are going to come out at Summit. What do you think? I think it's really a nice interface. It, it looks very much like a, like a news website. Um, it's there's there's definitely i think a um a better organization to the content um i'm i'm a big fan of the sort of the new illustration style um i think matthew kind of disagrees with me on this a little bit but um the the illustrations <clears throat> we're moving away from icons and meeples and everything and they're more varied they're less ambiguous um some are are clearly illustrations some are photographs um i I find them a little more approachable, but um, I think Matthew has some differing opinions on this. I mean, I'll preface it by saying I'm ambivalent uh, because I like spreadsheets. That's really where I spend my time. <laughs> I am I am not a visual artistic type of fellow. Um, 
But I have a guy on my team named Dan. So Dan, if you're listening, hi, who uh, we were talking about this recently. And he really likes sort of the previous generation of Atlassian's illustrations. And, and we've been kind of going that direction as well. They're clearly people, right? And, and they are generally gendered, though sometimes that's a bit ambiguous too. And he likes that ambiguity. He likes that these are people performing actions, but they're symbols, uh, and that lets us as the viewer project ourselves onto them. We can see ourselves in these situations. We can, we can kind of uh, make that visual connection and, and that identity connection. Uh, whereas the, the newer style of illustration we have here, and as Brenda noted, there, there's a lot of variation, but we have on the front page right now um, sort of a crayon type uh, illustration, but it's, it's uh, very clear uh, in terms of gender, race, et cetera, you know, who this person is. We've got a more cubist style uh, that introduces things like age. Um, we've got a sharper style that I associate with Adobe Illustrator or like a maybe a hand-drawn um, that, you know, is has lots of variation. And part of me, I like that. Uh, I like that very clear demonstration of diversity that I think they're introducing. Um, but at the same time, it it makes it harder for me to look at any one thing. And as we were talking before the podcast, I think part of this is because I'm thinking about it from the perspective of an educator rather than a marketer. Um, so in training materials, like I want to make this material once and I want every member of the audience and all audiences to be able to put themselves in this and, and build an empathic connection so that they are thinking about the work in their own context. Um, whereas for a blog, uh, Brenda, I think you were saying like, this makes a bit more sense on a blog, right? Yeah, I I find that you know the the types of articles that Atlassian is is featuring here are their teamwork. It's you know we were five hundred Atlassians worked remotely for a week. Here's what we learned. Um, you know how to improve morale, that sort of thing. This is the people side of working in tech in general, and it, it's applicable to more than just Atlassian. And so having a variety of illustrations, a, diff, a variety of styles. I find that much more relatable because we're not necessarily talking specifically about tooling. We're talking about people. Um, and I, I personally, you know, for me, the icons that, that they used to use were nice, but they were very crisp and, and a little impersonal. It was, you know, these, these have been graphic designed. Um, whereas <laughs> the, um, I'm looking at the, you know, when meetings attack and you have a, a drawing of a, a woman of color looking at a bookcase. And it's that to me, it's a softer style. It's, it's more of a, you know, she's thinking about something and it's going to make me think. So I, I kind of like it. I mean, there's still some images in here that are, you know, sharp edges and everything, but I feel like on the whole, it's, we're not talking about the technical aspect. We're talking about the more, personal aspect. And I, I find the variety of illustrations to be far more appealing. Now on the technical side, um, kudos to Alassian. I think the layout's great. The typography is great. I particularly like as you're scrolling through an article, you've got a very fluid progress bar that moves along the top. Um, I think that they've, they've done a lot of really great things um, behind the scenes uh, with this. And uh, it's a, it's a really nice site. So um, art aside, um, the, the layout of the front page is beautiful. Um, they've done a good job balancing stuff. It makes you want to keep scrolling because below every, just above the fold, no matter where you're at, you see something that's a little bit different. So uh, to whomever designed um, the layout, 
and and to the teams working tech background kudos this is this is really nice you did a great thing here but what do you, just let's let's take a second and do something we haven't done in, in a little while here on the podcast and wildly speculate about what this is leading us to at next month's summit uh well i hope to god it's not a whole new set of atlassian logos um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, would be I I mean I don't think it's leading to anything other than that their slide decks and whatnot are gonna uh, you know have a different mix of art as you know they have been kind of um, flat the last couple of years I I liked the style um, I thought it was a step forward I think we're gonna see probably more variation it may give Atlassians more opportunity this is what I wonder if it'll give them more opportunity to express themselves. So like the last few years at Summit, um, every Atlassian presentation looked very similar to every other Atlassian presentation. They had a very lockstep, you know, um, thing. I wonder if that will be different this year, if, if we'll see a bit more of the presenter's personality, if it's going to be more tied to the theme of the topic. Maybe we'll see something that direction. I know that's not wild speculation, Ryan. Maybe it's not good enough speculation for you. It's, but I mean, it's, you know. me, it's medium speculation. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. My wild, my wild speculation is that Atlassian is going to begin positioning themselves as the forerunner in work-life culture. So yes, we make tools, but what we're really about is the focus on teamwork and that we're Mm going to see more of a, you know, we, we really want you to be improving how, how your teams are operating, improving work-life balance, that sort of thing, the culture around work, uh, maybe more so than the tooling. I don't know how wild that's actually going to would um, definitely be sort of a shift for Atlassian. I, I feel like I do owe you, Ryan, a wild speculation. So I'm going to combine two <laughs> articles on the front page. Surprisingly effective ways to hack the open and plan office and win meetings attack. <laughs> I expect Atlassian to unveil designs and tools that let us literally attack meetings. <laughs> I was really hoping we're, for some sort of a kaiju reference here, but that's okay. <laughs> giant robots that their only goal is just to destroy it. Whenever there's a meeting, a robot will appear and just flip the table and it's meeting over. adjourned. Meeting adjourned. That's it. Well, I, you know, actually that's a great wild speculation, but I think Brenda is closer to the mark. That we're because of the way that, um, yeah, we don't You're have to make be me close flip to, my table, yeah, Ryan. I know. Well, we don't have to be close to the mark with wild speculation time, but I do feel like you're really close to something, Brenda, because mm-hmm. the the illustrations being different in different, um, and they're aligned with different topics. We're going to start to see tracks emerge. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe this is my wild speculation. Some sort of tracks, and some things will be purely technical. Others will be more personable and these are going to be this is going to spill over into the tooling because you're starting to see in the cloud platform more and more integration and less and less navigating away from a uh from a single tab you know if you go to cloud you don't really have to open multiple tabs to have your jira and your confluence in one place so just like social media tries to embed you into that attention economy i think that atlassian is going to start to try and make the tools so much more engrossing that when you're using them it doesn't feel quite so onerous and i mm-hmm. think this is pointing towards that i don't know if i've said anything wild or even that speculative here but that's what I'm, I'm with B on this one. I, I, I'm, I will say though, I will be slightly disappointed if they don't introduce table flipping robots now. That's in my mind. 
It's in my mind. I cannot first. unsee it. I I am anxiously awaiting the unveiling of the table flipping robot. I imagine yes. it looks think, a bit like the lost in space thing. Yeah. Can mm-hmm. I get one, please? I want one. I would take it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Ryan, Brenda, you're you're not wrong. Um, so in terms of mild speculation or medium speculation, it's uh, here's where I think it does become wild though, because I think for I here's my guess, listeners. Um, I'm guessing a lot of you are admins of some sort. You're, you're trying to keep up on news, right? So I was at an AUG a few weeks ago, and it was sort of a panel, Ask Me Anything panel. One of the questions was, um, is something like, you know, do you see these cloud features coming to server, and how worried does that make you? Um, that's like any given cloud feature in Jira, you know, are you concerned about that coming to server? And um, the, the panelists, there were four of us, three of them said, uh, yes, I never want any of this cloud stuff to come to server. And my response was, actually, there's a lot of value in what they're doing in cloud. And it's something that as a long, I've been doing this for over 12 years now uh, in the Atlassian space. Like, I'm, I know server inside and out. So cloud does its change. It makes me a bit uncomfortable. But as we mentioned on the podcast a few months ago, we dove in, we wrote a cloud training, we had to get really deep into it. And after a couple of weeks, we started to get an understanding of the audience that Atlassian is targeting and their thought process behind it, what they're doing. And I started to see a lot of value in it. So just like you're saying, Ryan, I think in terms of like building home, you know, this idea of the, here's the home screen that ties together Jira and Confluence and everything else. And we start thinking about how we can further chat ops and have that be integrated. And, And some of the stuff they were doing with stride, all of which, you know, has been transferred over in terms of the IP to Slack, like where might that go? And so I, I, I think part of it is, you're right, Brenda, they're, they're going to be focusing more on the work-life balance. They're going to be focusing more on how we help people work better together as teams. And part of the way they're doing that is they're making the tools more intuitive. They're, they're making them work better together so that teams can work better together. Um, I think that's less wild speculation about Summit in a month and more about the next three years. But I think, I think we're s- seeing the seeds of that. For the next few years. All right, Matthew, Brenda, last thing. What would you name your table flipping robot? Brenda? Obviously, I would name it Flip. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I don't know if, Matthew, you even need to name the, the robot. That's We're done. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was trying to remember the name of Wernstrom's Killbot from Futurama. So they like the, the, uh, the meeting ender 3000 or something like that. <laughs> um, I was just doing a quick search and I'm not, I can't find what the name is, but I, I really enjoy the quote. Ladies and gentlemen, my killbot has Lotus notes and a machine gun. It is the finest available. <laughs> so, so um, I think especially in terms of, if not killing meetings, certainly killing productivity, I would call it the Lotus notes bot 3000. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think I would name my kill bot or I, I think I would name my meeting ending bot TV's Frank. All right. <laughs> so, all right, Matthew and Brenda, it's been a lot of fun this week. Listeners, are you having a good time? Please feel free to like and share this podcast wherever podcasts are shared. All right, make sure that you're following us on social media at Adaptivist. And if you'd like to find out what's coming from us on a regular basis, delivered directly to your email, head over to www.adaptivist.com slash newsletter dash sign up. 
So for Matthew Stubblefield and Brenda Burrell, I'm Ryan Spilkin, and we'll see you next time on Adaptivist Live. I will just fix that whole thing in post. Can we just do the whole podcast in post? Thank you.